Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Tony Law. I grew up on a farm in Canada. And I have castrated pigs before. How <laughs> was that as an experience? Terrible. Was that sober or drunk? Oh, God, no, no, no. I was a kid. Oh, okay, so, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was yeah. in the last 30 years. I didn't. Yeah. No, no, when I was a child, yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Industry Podcast, episode 65. For those of you new to the show, my name's Simon Kane, and this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, TV, and today, the live circuit. Tony Law is a professional comedian who got clean and sober recently from a number of different things, and I got him on the podcast to talk about how he built his audience how drink and drugs impacted his career development and trying to gain the promoter's trust after becoming sober. I want to quickly chuck in trigger warnings for alcohol, substance abuse and mental health. If any of those things trigger you, you might not want to listen to this episode. Personally, I don't have triggers for alcohol and substance abuse. I do for some mental health stuff, but it didn't trigger me. But I I want to just say listener discretion is advised. If you want to follow along, you can find all the questions with timestamps on my website, which is simoncain.co.uk forward slash Industry podcast please do join the facebook group as well because that's where you can find out who's coming on next and you'll get to ask your questions to the future guests without any more delays this is tony law no uh noah first came to the uk in 1990 okay but i didn't do comedy uh, until 1999 no i did i did one gig in 1995 i won the glastonbury new act competition and then i didn't do another gig i did uh just the odd gig here and there until and then 1999 I started were you how you would be known now when you started no okay no you mean uh, w- nobody knew me no but you're you're known My now style? for surreal and style and oh uh, yeah at first I was but then I wasn't getting booked <laughs> <laughs> and then so I sort of really tried to change and I was terrible at it but I tried to do like Ed Byrne type stuff but Ed Byrne's really good at that and my mind doesn't work that way Right. And so, yeah, and then I struggled for ages. I was So I was doing comedy I didn't like, not getting anywhere. And do it, I had to do jonglers and stuff like that, trying to do it the way that they say you should do it. And uh, so I was, I was struggling along, and then I committed to it, and I didn't have any other income. So I was in this weird, uh, I was in a place where I needed to make rent. And so I needed to be successful on stage, but I wasn't. So I was getting away with gigs being the worst act on the bill, but still getting paid. And sometimes I'd have to do short if I was dying in my hole. So, so they would dock my pay. Oh, it's just a nightmare struggle. And then, uh, then after coming up to Edinburgh, I slowly got the idea of 
um, I should just really do what I think is funny and see how that goes. And then that, then the, then I started, but but didn't didn't really have the bravery to commit. Uh, but yeah, so around um, I'd say two thousand five six, I started just really talking about time travel and dogs and stuff. But the main uh, time, I suppose, was when in two thousand and ten or nine, I was just going to quit. I just saw I'm not getting anywhere. And um, so I had one last roll of the dice and phoned Tommy from the stand. And he offered me a slot at 7.30 at night or noon at the stand. And I said, I just, uh, at that time, it was it was a counterintuitive decision because nobody was going on at lunchtime over there. I mean, Kitson did an early show once, but he already had a following. So, yeah, so I went at noon. And then I, my first gig there, no press, no posters, none of that. Just... Uh, word of mouth and I started with one audience member uh, in stand two and then by the end of the fringe I'd built it up it was selling out that little room 58 and then the next year went into stand one sold that out and then so just word of mouth really built so built a following year after year after year at the stand and then um, I sort of and I won't go into it too much because it's boring it's a different conversation but I sort of uh, took my eye, or I, you know, got sick. Let's call it for, and 2014, 15, it just snowballed out of control, and so I needed a change. So I made a change and uh, got clear head, and decided to move away from the stand this year. And I'm at uh, assembly rooms to try out nighttime, you know, and uh, compete with everybody on a level playing field. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know what I'll do next year. So that was a long answer to that question. Yeah, I just asked how you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Just wanted to get her done so we can get on to the good stuff. So, wait, so, so your first fringe, when was your first year up here? Uh, first one I did 2000. No, I did uh, Comedy Zone 2000. Okay. And then I did uh, 2003, I did a solo show. Then I did a solo show 2006, 2007. And none of them really took. I didn't really know what I was doing. And... Um, I didn't commit really to my what I like. Right. So I'd say my for me, although it's not exactly, is 2010's kind of my first one because I just through just said ah I'm gonna do what I think. I did did that and wore my onesie and and uh, incorporated terrible dance and and uh, poetry and and uh, <laughs> and mime and all kind of just chucked everything I could think. So bas- my just thing was is my wife is very she's a photographer and she's she taught me about art and she just opened up a whole new world to me that my farmer brain had never really had and I so I just started cherry picking and then we had children who started to go to kids shows and started um, messing around with lighting and and just pouring everything in and you know when you see someone like the Bush or Munnery and those guys you realize you can do anything you want so um that's when I really just committed to that, and I think that's what found me a bit of a following. And in terms of keeping in touch with the following, so so let's say that you, you're uh, who you are now. Yeah. Like let's because I, I look at my life in seasons. So like oh, yeah. you know up to age thirteen, that's season one. Yeah. Like uh, thirteen to eighteen, season two, yeah. that kind of thing. So let's say that the the most recent season started in two thousand and ten for you. Yeah, that would be closer to my season of. Uh, between one and twelve, and say twelve and fifteen. Okay. 
and um, a little bit of 15 to 19. Those, all, those okay. seasons all have a lot more in common with the, my recent season than anything in between. How do you mean? Well, I think between the ages of 20 and 30, I wasn't, uh, I, d- I don't, uh, I didn't, I wasn't in touch with my more sort of crazy, imaginative side. Well, mind you, I was traveling all the time around Europe. I worked as a tour manager where I lied about having a degree because you needed a degree in history. Uh, but in those to be days, a tour yeah, to oh. be like to take, you know, the 18 to 35s. Contiki oh. tours, and yeah, because you needed to know um, where you had to do these history spiels and stuff. But you know, I was self-taught and I winged it, and uh, and I, I was good, good at the anyway. So what am I talking about? Yes, there. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talk- seasons. Yeah, yeah. So this recent season is a good one. Yeah, yeah. So this is almost like a start of a na- another season, even. Okay, I don't so, know. Like 2016 is because you've you've yeah, made a change. This I made year. a change in yeah. uh, at the end of last year's Edinburgh when I realized I couldn't continue uh, being a father and a comedian whilst also drinking alcohol and the rest. Um, well, I I didn't just realize it then; I'd realized it. <laughs> A couple of years before. And 2012-13, I was getting a lot of success. And um, it was right about then. For, I, it was taking me over. And I knew the whole time I was going to have to find a way out. So I finally got out of it after Edinburgh last year and went in and finally moved to, got to the country and fixed myself up. And it was awesome. Hard. Because I was getting all that. I was going through. I had a bunch of psychosis going on. Which is uh, humbling and uh, opens your mind, yeah. uh, but it had to be done. And so, anyway, blah blah blah. No, I get. And it. now I'm back to being at the best I can be. No, I get it. I um, I've got to a stage in in my life where I don't I don't just date people on the attractiveness anymore. Uh-huh. And I I do. Well, I've been experience. For, I've been yeah I've been there for a while now. But yeah. I do a joke in my current show about how I'm not attractive enough to be this emotionally unstable. <laughs> yeah. And how I've got to like either get some new shirts or work on my mental health. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I got a new. Yeah, shirt. I I, I, <laughs> I was I had um, allowed booze and drugs to uh, le- led me to believe that I was uh, actually all right. That I didn't have any mental health issues. Yeah, the filter, you know this yeah. full bo- bollocks confidence of, yeah, I'm all right. I just let you know I'm a bit cavalier. I'm a bit of a, uh, but I'm, but yeah. And then only getting uh, sober, you realize, oh no, you're just as mental as everyone else. Yeah, yeah. If not a little more, because <laughs> you're adding to it. Yeah. yeah, and but my set has become even, like it's gone right out to the edges of what it was at its best in say 2012 13 mental and i really like it's very exciting for it to be just i think cleverer you know i think it goes to way more interesting places there's like a to me there's at the end of the hour there's a whole thread linking it it's not it's very metaphorical and it's more like an album of music than it is a thread or a narrative but uh yeah so i get a lot out of that I get a lot of therapy out of it yeah yeah that's 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 what I find from shows that I've done the, the, they walk away with so they'll forget about the, the joke they might remember the odd yeah. line here and there but they'll go away with the story that you left them with yeah. you know what I mean that, that'll stay yeah, with them mine, for yeah mine will be yeah and even mine won't be like a direct or true exactly true story but there'll be snippets of real life 
And I, th- I, get, I like to think they go away with just a general feeling. Mm. And uh, someone tweeted me today, because I do a thing about my car, and um, he said that I've done some reverse advertising because everywhere he goes, he's been seeing that car and thinking of me. Right. And I thought, yeah, that's quite a clever thing, <laughs> reverse, reverse advertising. Yeah, so I hope people go away with a, a feeling, a general feeling of uh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what got you into drinking? Was it just the lifestyle of being a comedian? What no, no, I'd started way before, I'd sp- when I was about 15, just because it was fun and it felt <laughs> great. It just felt good. So um, do you, th- I think the usual social anxiety and grew up in a farm in the middle of nowhere, spent all my time alone mostly. So suddenly socializing at 16 was like, uh, this is terrifying, but it's not now. Hey, fun guys here. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just uh, managed to do jobs or put myself in places where that was viable. Yeah. Like as a tour manager, oh, I have to have a drink after every day or with, the, you know, they're on holiday. Mm. <laughs> and so... Um, and just crazy. Yeah, but people say, um, "What was the one moment?" I've I've had, I would say, actually thousands of moments where I should have stopped falling off a second floor balcony, etc. I don't want to be one of those bores. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I'll ever even do a show about it because I think it's just so much of it that I'd never do it justice. There's so much bad choices and poor behavior, <laughs> along with good. Mm. That it, I would ne- I, it would take like maybe ten shows, and that's kind of boring to me. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather just get. On, I'm really excited about seeing what my imagination can do for me, and what I can steal from my children because they're seven now, and they're coming <laughs> up with some wacky stuff that I'm just nicking. So I, actually, I've got sober. A really that great is your time. idea. I mean, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. In a way, it's yeah, mine, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just trying to get the most out of my wife and my children now and make up for lost time and, and follow their wonderful streams of consciousness and mentalness and just hope and pray that they're much more solid than me when they get older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I pre- I'm pretty sure they'll, uh, they know enough of daddy to see what's good daddy. <laughs> what's bad daddy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sleepy well, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> How how was regaining the trust of promoters then? When you oh no, I don't get... think I have yet. Okay, uh, um, I think some see that. I think in some uh, places I was holding it together, so there was there's nothing to. And some people were like, "Well, we didn't even know." Okay, because on tour I was on my own, so I was very. I had enough time in the day to get ready, and so I could hold it together for the show, you know, and do a really great show. Um, and then the odd place more uh, starting to beca- happen more often, you just uh, let it go or, you know. Uh, but o- overall, uh, you c- because you're spending so much energy trying to keep your life together that you're not going to be able to write a really great show. I mean, I think I gained, I had enough comedy chops and enough experience to be drawing off of, previous writing and momentum. you know yeah momentum and i had enough uh, improvisational skills but i was giving every last ounce of myself mm. and being empty mm. uh so i think it was the 2015 show last year really was the one where it was just a man right right near the edge and i think some lots of people 
seemed to like it for that because it was really honest. It wasn't like, oh, poor me. It was more like going, I'm, uh, I'm still going, guys. <laughs> and uh, But I Somehow. think also my audience is now, this year are really relieved. Hmm. I think probably I shed some audience, hmm. you know, because I think it was there was enough sloppy shows there, and also it's probably hard to watch. So I'm 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 regretful about that because uh, only only on a very uh, super not super but on a simple career based level I've uh, you know had a, was really on the up and I really sort of fucked that a bit especially and I think TV and stuff but have I got news for you I was always on my game when I went on that and I was did uh, you like because you pre wrote like I assume they no, told you the subjects and oh no it was all 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 riffed on that show which oh, okay. is why I thrived on it mm. I think any time I had to do preparation and writing is where I'd struggled because I just didn't have the mental capacity at the time yeah but if I could riff something I could just get myself healthy for the for that mm. uh, so that one and never mind the buzzcocks there's no prep yeah. you just oh, have to cool. be well read I guess <laughs> and then um, so those are great for me. So I don't think I burnt any bridges there. And I assume that, well, never mind, the Buzzcut doesn't exist now, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly. But, I mean, did that help exposure-wise then? Yeah, I think so. Not as much as you'd think. I think the main thing was uh, building an audience in Edinburgh. Because I've noticed that, you know, when I go on tour around the provinces, but when I go on tour, I managed to get and build also by just relentless hard work touring. So even when I wasn't well... I was still out there every single year a tour, and so they they keep coming back. Uh, but I think you know the odd person from TV. But I think if you get people that seen you on a TV show, they might come to one show, might not like it. But people who come to your live show, you build build that audience. So you've got a connection. And yeah, and my tours, I think are, I I think I do well uh, because of that. Because there's other people with way more television exposure, but I don't think that they would be able to tour. I think they're surprised when they go out on tour and they go, oh, no one's here. Or, you know, maybe there's loads here and then none here. Yeah. Because I think they think maybe just getting on TV is enough to tour. But for me, anyway, I think it's been the the graft of being a good live act. And I was good even when I was ill. So I sort of, I think I pulled the nose of the plane up just in time, right time. Yeah. and I and I could genuinely feel like I've had a couple of like tough gigs this That's year. A good analogy. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, there's loads of airplanes in my show this year, so I'm wondering if subconsciously that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, I do the airplane sounds and everything, <laughs> and one of them actually wipes me off my chair. Actually, just thinking about it now, I think that's what the, I do a mime bit of a man watching an air show. I think that's exactly what it is. Is me being knocked off the chair and then getting back up again? Wonderful. It's it's like you're so uh, like you said. It's a bit of ther- yeah. therapy. But I yeah. hate it when people say comedy's therapy. It's not, but it's it's, it's, uh, it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic, yeah. yeah. It, it's nice. It's re- yeah, just to have revealed that now. Uh, but uh, so, um, what about like Russell Howard's good news? Because that was you doing stand up. So th- I'm assuming that helps more than maybe a panel show. I'm not sure about that. You know what? I was crazy. That show came up right around the time when I was um, thinking of just quitting. So I wrote what I did on that show on the airplane coming back from South Africa. That was another thing. I got this advert for Sky that saved me financially, which allowed me to continue comedy. And they said, oh, you got Russell Howard's 
show, and so on the flight back, I wrote the set I did. So I it never, I hadn't honed it or learnt it. I just did it, and uh, so in my mind, maybe other people like it. My mind, I can't watch it because I, I think Jesus, that's like doing new material on a TV show, you moron. Yeah, yeah. Because I would never do that now. Yeah. But um, so, but I, th- I think it definitely helped me a little bit. I think, I think. Anything you do where you, you're just, if someone even just glimpses your face, it's just advertising reminds them you're there. They don't even need to see you on anything much. Just to let them, so just to let you know you're here. What was the Sky advert? Oh, um, I played King Arthur. Okay. You remember they did those? Yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was King Arthur on the Knights of the Round Table. So it was, was that? It was my like- first beard. I was growing a beard <laughs> in 2009 and 10 because I'd, given up you know and i just thought "Ah, i quit and then um luck as luck would have it they needed a beard (laughs) and and russell and russell howard was the exact same time and then i managed to pay some debts and carry on so it it was a case of you financially weren't doing well the circuit wasn't going very well this is 2009 i mean not now yeah and and an advert came up because a lot of a lot of comedians object to doing adverts oh yeah have that that's crazy I, 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 you got to pay the bills, haven't you? And it just depends what it is. I mean, someone's going to do an advert for Sky TV, so <laughs> seems fine to me. I watch it. Yeah. Uh, and and also how you come across. It was a comedy role, so it's not going to. Um, I I I don't understand that at all. I think I think only very successful rich people are in a good position yeah. to go. Oh, I wouldn't do adverts. You say, I mean, I've seen, I've seen big comedians. Who was the one? It was an American talk show host a while ago. Did an advert for Doritos or something. Yeah. And you're like, why are you doing it? Well, if it's like, a, <laughs> if a millionaire's doing it, that's quite different. Mm. You know, if you're an act who needs the money, you know, maybe they've got lifestyles now that they need to pay for. But, but yeah, I mean, either way, you either do an advert or say that adverts are, are crap. If you're rich, you're. It doesn't. What? Either way, you're. I don't listen to you. <laughs> yeah, you know you don't. Have, you know, like if 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 someone, I I don't know. It's there's nothing wrong with them. I'd do one in a heartbeat tomorrow if it, if I didn't look like a tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it get, and it and it bought me time to continue doing the comedy I like. I, I think it comes down to can you sleep at night doing the advert? Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? Simple as that. Yeah. I, and I mean, I've done a quick bit of math in my head. Se- seven years ago, you said your kids are seven. Yeah. So I assume 2009. It yeah, got, they were it got born harder because of kids. Well, in a way, it got harder, but else, but easier in a way because you've just got focused and and yeah, so you're really committed to that. And yeah, there's no time for feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, yeah, so no, in, in a way, it was a gift to yeah yeah get home early and yeah hang out with them yeah yeah or at least see them to sleep yeah. yeah. So when when you started properly building an audience for yourself, or the audience you have now at least, yeah, what was your main method of trying to keep in? I know you got like Twitter and stuff, and you had a MySpace for a bit. I mean, uh, how do you keep in contact with them? What's your? Um, I never really had a plan because I've not, I'm, I'm, I, I have not been very good online, or you know, like that. Whole, I've never been a good salesman of myself in that way. Twitter was the first thing that I thought, oh, this is great. But I worry now that people have moved on to something else that'll take me so long to get. <laughs> like, it's like learning too much admin to learn how to do another thing. Mm. But no, if people tweet me, I always 
respond to n- nearly everyone. And when it was Twitter was really hot a couple of years ago, and everyone was on it, it would take ages. But I would always try and keep in touch and all that. I'm not not sure how much it does now. So no, I'm I'm a bit out of the loop. I just I think my way is to keep touring, and then hopefully they see my face on a. So to always making new shows, yeah, yeah. and then that's my best way to stay in their consciousness. I think the only time you would uh, go away for three years is if you came out and you were all over the TV and you were just hugely successful. Then you would have to stop for a bit because people get fed up. Mm. But I think at where I am, my level, there's nothing wrong with just churning it out. And I think people probably like to see what's coming up next. Yeah. Would you, if you think, or you've said that like TV didn't do that much for you, would you still do them? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, I didn't get booked for the amount. I mean, there's so many panel shows and stuff out there, I assume. I mean, I know of, I've never got mocked the week, and that's not because I've decided not to do it. It's because they've never booked me. And I don't think my agents even asked for a few years. Um, But I'm really, really good on them. That's the thing is I think sometimes they see my stand-up and think, oh, it's just surreal and he's crazy. He wouldn't. But actually, it's it's not, uh, it's still... Doing a panel show is comedy chops I th- and, and riffing and being able to riff. I'm brilliant on them, and I don't mind saying it because it's comedy. It's just being a funny person. And you, it, it's not like uh, talking about orcas all the time or, or something weird. I can, I can riff with anybody. on in a, And they're the easiest things on earth to do. So I'm always, I, I don't watch them now because I always get a pang of, of uh, well, uh, yeah, I'd be better than that. That's <laughs> boring. That's cliche. Have, have you done one since getting clean? No, no. Do, do you think it would make an impact on? Yeah, your I think it would. I think I did really well on um, have a good news for you. And I think if I did it again, I would, it would even be on a higher level and blow people's minds. But it'll take. It's going to take a little time to get back in there. But I would absolutely do. Looking, f- I'm really looking forward to being given a chance to do things now because I know that I can bring a whole different thing and it's regretful of course looking back like especially things like um auditions and stuff I'd never learn lines when I went in and like it's I got lots of adverts in 2010 when I was going to quit because I was relatively uh, still quite healthy there that was still in a because the kids are new and so for those three or four years kids are new. I, like I mean it, yeah. you can you can directly go kids uh get healthy to get pregnant, have children, raise them to three. All of my success comes right in that period. So clearly I was as close to sober as I'd ever been. Uh, and then it just got a hold of me. So it's just like, I know it's, uh, it's so, it seems so obvious now, but sober equals better. <laughs> and, and then I realized, oh, I am good. You know, when, when you're kind of when I was bollocks and stuff, I'd just be so feely sorry for, I'm not very good, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't feel that anymore at all. But you, <laughs> you, you're probably making it worse than yourself because oh, yeah. the uh, alcohol is a depressant. Terrible. So it would yeah. have, yeah. Yeah, it was really uh, just, I, instead of regretting it now so much as I did first while, I just think, oh, lost time. So I get a little bit too uh, anxious to get going. You know, I have to stop myself from, like, going into the office. And hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, put me on. Hmm. You won't regret it. Yeah, I have yeah. to you know remind myself to be cool, man. Wait for it to come. <laughs> when when you were going through that period, though, and and you were sort of maybe struggling with yourself a bit, not just like sort yeah. of, I don't mean on stage, I mean off stage as well. Yeah. Wh- what was your relationship like with your agent? I assume it was getting a bit uh, not worn, Yeah, no, I think my agent uh, show and tell it was bad because, well, I mean, he was my live guy, so he had to, um, I think he had some, he probably had some tough conversations with people to say he's not coming. Or my um, telly and radio agent was perfect, though. They were actually really supportive of my wife, and they were gonna, you know, wanted to help fix it, you know. But I think the other, the other one, yeah, it must have been difficult for him. But you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. It must have been, but yeah, yeah. And uh, I understand the whole not feeling sorry for yourself now and looking forward to to doing yeah. bigger things and stuff. I mean, when you, when you got sober, what was was the first thing? Just I'm going to write a show now. Not about mm, it, maybe. But was no, it? no, okay. no. It's just just white knuckling it, trying to keep upright. Yeah, because I was it was too much. It was uh, loads of other real life things to deal with, so I wasn't even thinking about comedy. And if I did, it was like, can I still? And I did the odd gig here and there, and it was tough. Because I just didn't, I didn't have any, uh, it was, I just wasn't very well. I, I suppose maybe towards the autumn, end of autumn last year, got a little, yeah, I, I did a tour in the spring, a little mini tour. And I started getting my love back for it and my skills back. So that was good. I kind of pieced together a tour of the show of last year but I didn't, couldn't really do that because I was not that so I took things from it and I, I suppose I did a, it, a little bit about my situation but not much but anyway I would say I'm about personally I think I'm two or three times better than I was even on that tour but it was still pretty good hmm. um, yeah it's a funny one isn't it well it's not funny but it's it's, it's a one <laughs> do, do you I did oh I did a uh, recorded for uh, Go Faster Stripe 
in we had this in plan to record last year's show in October and I did that and I was to struggle even getting to the venue I was just not well at all and so it's interesting we're going to put that one and then I did another show at McCunleth in what's that March is that uh, yeah I think so that's the, that's the secret uh, festival isn't it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah March time so yeah. we're going to put that one I recorded one there which is comp- uh, and it was supposed to be the same show as the one I did in October, but it's very different. I think it'd be interesting to, I won't be able to watch it, but I think it'd be interesting for other people to watch the one where I'm just a shell and then the one where I'm sort of halfway back, which is way big improvement. And then, so I'm going to put those two together and and uh, sell those at gigs. <laughs> and then this one here, record this one. And it would be quite interesting from a mental health uh, uh, aspect to watch the three of them progress. Yeah. Huh. Do Do you think enough comedians invest time into their mental health and stability? And and I don't know. Okay. I know I didn't. Because there's a cliche of you know I mean the lifestyle of a, especially a touring comedian is not the healthiest, and it can wane on you quite a lot mentally. I mean I found I I've just come off yeah. tour and it was my first one and I found all the travelling especially the late nights and on your own you know you have well, been insane sometimes you know yeah I've uh, when I was doing the the jungle, the circuit gigs and all that I found that really hard. Um, I actually find it much easier doing tours on my own. Now, actually, I've found a way to make it healthy of of getting there early and doing one thing cultural in the town, if you can. You know, I've made a way of... And also, now I'm driving. I drive back from miles away because I'm... In Canada, you can drive for nine hours and it's no big deal. So I, I drive back and really get a lot from that. I've listened to a lot of audiobooks in this last while. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, see, if I knew how to get those onto a device and then into my car speakers, I'd be doing that. But I'll show you after. You could show yeah, me, I'll, I'll show me show one you. day how I can yeah, gain fine. access to this wonderful internet. What's At it? the moment, I'm buying CDs. <laughs> when, we, when we go for the walk with your dog to do the other one, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll show you how to use it. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, no I worries. have no idea how to get that into my car. It's an old car. It's surprising. Like, here's the thing. What I found really interesting is um, podcasting started at the same year that YouTube really took off. And right. if you look at YouTube as like a platform, yeah. that was almost the word you used for video for a while. You know what I mean? Like yeah, online yeah. video. Whereas podcasting, there's loads of people that don't even, re- like you said, don't even know how to get it on their phone. Yeah. And it's, it just seems weird to me that those two things haven't evolved. Yeah. Well, uh, under one camp, probably. Yeah. If there was a U-pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's so disparate, I think. Yeah. I think you can become overwhelmed by it, by not knowing where to get stuff. And then you don't want to be the last person to the table at something. Yeah. And then, and also, it's, I find this is a mental health issue, a gentle one, though. It's like finding it hard to commit to anything because I'm afraid, am I going to waste too much of my time doing this? Or. If I get into this, am I missing out on something else? Is it better to just carry on reading my books and being... Uh, <laughs> it's almost like you protect your... Will I listen to something that I will... Will I feel like I should be doing it is one of my big worries. Yeah. And I don't want to <laughs> feel panic at, oh my God, I'm, I could be connecting with people with a podcast. I should be doing one. But um, it's the idea of uh, doing all the hard work of editing and all. That scares me because I think, when am I going to find time to do that? I'm trying to write a show. 
and also for, so someone who knows what they're doing that doesn't take much time but for someone like me it'd be like learning a new thing so i have to find a way where i can just press a button stick a mic in my face and do 10 minutes a week and just fire you can show me that too i'll show you that too and it, then just fire out some crazy stuff because i'd love to do some some uh you know like when i'm especially walking my dog i'd love to be able to just send out some of the things we talk about. You could do, yeah, you could do like uh, morning, mo- yeah, yeah. Mornings with, with Wolfie morning and Tony. With Wolfie, yeah. Like a news report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the things my dog and I have been talking about. Well, it's born here today then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you heard it here for, it's yeah. exclusive now. Yeah, I'll go through you, you can help me. Uh, no, I'm more than happy to help, and seriously. do all that Lincoln and stuff. Uh, the, thing, the thing is, I, <laughs> I want, I, I feel like there's never been a more level playing field for performers to find an audience online yeah. and, and to find uh, their own creativity without having, like, you know, TV executives say yeah, no yeah. or trying to jump through that. And so I'm yeah, more than happy I've, to help I've anyone. Sort of, yeah, because I've sort of not... I'm definitely of my group of generation. I'm very l- not very exposed to TV at all. Like I haven't been a, you know, I just haven't ticked the right buttons. And I think when you're a Canadian act as well for TV, you your chances are very limited because they're only going to stick. Oh, uh, you know, they'll have spots for one person on a panel show, and that that might have to be a English person or, or you know, like. You're you're way out. So you're right. Anyway, on the back of that, that that is the best way for all of us to, you know, because it's all of its TV can be what they need at the time. Yeah, they need one of these. To one fit of those a narrative. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. We can do what we. So my way has been just doing my live gigs over and over, and I should be able to combine it with this business. Have you? Uh, yeah. Are there any things you regret about the last sort of five years that you think, if I hadn't have done that or if I had done that differently, I'd be here? Or, or you look at your peers and go, you know, oh, oh I wish... just drinking. Okay. Just it's, that. Just the act of it. Yeah, without that, um, I would be way... It, I would be, you know, I, was, I, I just sort of... Uh, just letting it flow and... Being at your best as things go, it would have it was snowballing and still, still will in some ways, and will get going, and is in and, and you know I haven't but yeah if I had been sober all that time, I just would have been better every single audition every single thing. So even if I came across really good on something, I would have been even better, and then that would have been so it would have all snowballed. So yeah, absolutely the only thing I regret is drinking because I can't really look back at decisions and go, oh, I wish I had done that decision. I made that decision because I was just... Not thinking straight. Not, but yeah, just not, not being brave enough to yeah, look at yourself and fix, or, you know, just accept yourself and ah, blah, blah, blah. I, from what you've said, it's really inspiring because to go from doing stuff that you thought would just sell because you were just imitating, I can't remember the comedian, but you were not imitating, but you were doing a similar thing to another comedian. Well, I was trying to do observational... Stuff that was slick, yeah. For yeah. for a what I thought, yeah. I mean, it was a very short period, and I was terrible at it. But yeah, I would try and uh, even my style, I would try and be first person, kind of, you know that. Yeah, I suppose. So, I suppose right. it helped that there were less comedians on the circuit as well. That meant there were less competitions. Well, so. there was. Mm, I don't know about that because there was way less gigs, so I felt there was more competition. So you're competing like. It took me years and years and years and years to get a 20-minute spot at the comedy store. And, 
uh, it felt it doesn't feel any different to me as far as competition or wise you know it uh, that's because I was beginning then but it felt like it was jammed up with the amount of shows you were able to do now there seems to be so many more gigs running people start their own gigs and can get an audience through the through Twitter and yada yada so it's just much better now isn't it <laughs> do, you, do you find so I mean do you remember your first gig after getting clean uh yeah that would have been that oh, the that, one we did no the one oh. <laughs> yeah the one uh uh do 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 the when I recorded oh really yeah that was well, wow that's a <laughs> that was hard <laughs> that's the one to come back to yeah uh so and and did you find that your material because I would imagine if you're if you're writing material through a lens of whatever yeah. you were taking yeah to uh, say it, it again to did say it, it again like clear was uh yeah it was it was me going wow this is not funny this is this is <laughs> only funny if you're bollocks right uh, yeah so you could see a man not delivering it probably right with any conviction and I suppose that uh, I don't want to say didn't help, but I mean, I suppose it would have been tempting to slip, just just have a drink to slip back into what you oh, were. Oh yeah, yeah. So but no, I've I've definitely crossed that one. Right. You know. Yeah. Then there'd be no way. Yeah, it, exactly. That would have been the time. Mm. But no way. So yeah, just just like like everything, isn't it? it yeah. Always takes time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like your journey to to, to learning who you are. Yeah. seems to have impacted on your writing as well. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I would say, yeah, I, I probably needed a dose of humbleness. I had a, a, even like it's, I had a crack at it even in 2001. I was on a panel show called Does Doug Know? And uh, the people that were on that, that went on were, uh, that, and no one, none of us were known at the time, but there was David Mitchell, uh, Reg Hunter, Jimmy Carr, uh, a few others, and they've just exploded. And I, I went through one of my uh, unhealthy phases right after that. Mm. So it almost like it came every time there was success. Do you think you? So scared? there was someone may, maybe I didn't like who I was. I didn't think I deserved it or something. And there's some sort of uh, self-destruct thing snuck in. Um, Do you think? You so, the, but I can remember any time I used to. You know, keep it together and all. I, I always in the back of my mind was still a person who drank or whatever. Mm. Whereas the difference this time is I just can't bear it and it's done. And you know, yeah. Do, yeah. do you think you were scared of success then? Probably, maybe, yeah. Because I'm imagining because you, you've spoken before in another interview where you said you didn't think that comedy was an option for you, but you maybe wanted to do it. <laughs> and as a result, like you said, if you're just a farmhand <laughs> yeah, growing yeah. up. I suppose if anything went well, you might just go, oh, I've snuck into this club. And yeah, like, yeah, there probably some of that, yeah. There must, yeah. must have been some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you carry the farm around with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You can take the boy out of the farm. Quite, but yeah. Drag the farm around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used, to, I used to be scared of failure, and then I got really scared of success, and then yeah. I just got comfortable with whatever happens, happens. They're kind of the same thing, aren't they? yeah. Well, yeah, I, th- I think fear, fear of failure is similar to fear of success. There, uh, you, you, you try and uh, uh, protect yourself from both. Mm. That's that's kind of what I was doing. In in fact, You're terrified of dying, so would find a way to make an excuse for it dying. So almost like 
do something where I go, oh, well, the audience didn't get it. So that saves me from hurting my feelings if it didn't go well. But that's just assuming it won't go well. Like, what's nice about now is having no little corners, nothing, no little nooks and crannies. I'm not, I don't have a curtain behind me. I feel like I can see 360 degrees. So it makes you braver and then also, you know, care less in the, about the minutiae, the tiny things, and just go for it, yeah. Uh, I really need to improve my vocabulary, but I know what I feel. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, it's it's like I I know how I feel and I know how I know how I know how to deal with it, but I can't tell people. No, no, yeah, yeah. that's kind of features in my show this year too. Mm. Is a lot. I try and make, I make a lot of fun of not being able to explain myself, mm. but having to do it through movements or sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a really nice. Uh, Nice thing. And also, yeah, and you don't want to, I don't want to ever go down that road where I spend so much time, like today we are a little bit, uh, finding the words to express things. And you think that would be so much easier to do it with a ribbon dance. <laughs> so we could have explained the whole thing. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately. But you can't see it. Audio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His ribbon dance pre-pod was outstanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys missed out. Hey, you must come. Well, do you do a ribbon class? No, no, come to my show. Oh, we'll do yeah tonight or, or I, I, when it, what time's it on eight? So, I said let's let's finish this and we'll, we'll I'll definitely oh sort yeah, out yeah, yeah 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 sorry I've just really I'm gonna have to edit we, out yeah because I've got to go oh, to literally yeah uh, oh and I'm selling a show in October at the Leicester Square Theatre is that is that this show or is this a new this what? show okay in October cool uh, some a week in October Leicester Square Theatre it's this show cool. at night time and I can't wait do you so what venue are you doing it here. Uh, I'm at the Assembly Mound okay. in Rainy Hall. Beautiful venue. And are you doing the main room in Leicester Square? Uh, yes, Leicester Square Theatre, yeah. Are you going to find... Because that's quite a, a different space um, to move well, it I, to. I, I, I'm doing all right in London if we get the marketing right. Because I did... One year I did 32 Soho theatres in a row. Wow. So yeah. that... So I hit a lot of people then. And then I've also done four Leicester Square theatres in a row where they've sold out and then I did the underbelly cow but yeah it'll be hard to sell them all out but I think if we get the momentum right on the first one we could do it yeah do you, sorry go on yeah no no so so that was the plan with that So I was going to say because word of mouth up here you, you built that yeah and I assume that was that originally when you first came here like telling people please tell people or was yeah it just you know, doing just, just doing a great gig and people telling oh go see that so word of mouth here yeah but word of mouth here then bought me uh, an entry into the Soho Theater. Right. And that I built up. So I did uh, three gigs. And then in the spring I did, I did five. And then the next year I did two weeks. And then in the spring I did the Utterbelly Cow. And then, and then I did uh, 32 days at Soho Theater. Then I did four at Leicester Square Theater. Then I did two at the Utterbelly and so, actually, London, I've been building in the same way. Because yeah. people in London will come to you, see you at, like, short little gigs to, you know, trying out new material. But there's a kind of almost a different, not a different crowd, but there's, then people like to come see a full show in a theater. There's so I think I've built a London crowd as well. There's a different circuit. Yeah, I built, built a London crowd and built a, in different towns throughout the country, just from touring mm. as well. So Manchester and... 
And um, yeah, there'll just be the odd town where I really sell loads. <laughs> is that why you put like your face on the poster each time? Because I think you got to, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to do all different things, but I try and try and put my face on it. I don't do it as much as some, you know. It's just bang. Yeah. Well, but yeah, you got to have. Yeah, I try and have a little bit of the imagery I looked like last time. Because Although yeah, now I look different. Look, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Cause I you, might put two pictures on the next spot one. Spot the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm this guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was wondering if your look... Because I remember when we gigged together, yeah. you, you, you'd obviously shaved and you'd, you'd made like a lot of differences in, in yeah. your appearance. And, and I didn't recognize you immediately. Yeah, and yeah I was, lots of people don't. Yeah, and so I wondered if that's had an impact on people remembering... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah you used to get a lot more... Uh, talking to strangers in tubes and buses and stuff people now you might get the odd double take but yeah yeah, people seem to notice me more i suppose i miss that weirdly even though it's kind of weird no but uh yeah yeah the definitely you've the image was pretty pretty strong (laughs) that viking thing Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah i just wanted to shave in the new me I was hoping the sideburn would uh, might really be the next big thing. <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got one more question, yeah. and then I've got like just a few quick fire ones, and then, okay. and then we'll be done. Is that cool? Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, I was going to ask because uh, you've done because you've done loads of different things recently, and you've started you say like done adverts, and you've started doing your tours again, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean. As a as a proportion of keeping you afloat, because you you were talking about like staying, uh, like making the rent essentially. Yeah. Would you? I mean, some comedians who like make more money from adverts like find it a little bit uncomfortable to say they're a comedian because they make more money from that, oh. or if they're like a writer for more comedians, they you know they're like oh yeah. I'm more of a writer than a comedian yeah. and that kind of stuff. What would you say? I mean, uh, as as a proportion of oh, what you nowadays ninety five ninety percent it would be from touring. Okay. Yeah, and so you would bill yourself solely as a comedian. You wouldn't think of yourself as something else from a diff- from a, even a financial point of view. No, comedian. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. And how many tour dates and do you do? And also, I've just got a. I'm a comic. Yeah. You know, like just feel like one. Okay. Just a goon. How, how many tour dates do you do a year out of interest? Uh, I don't know exactly. Okay. Over a hundred. Okay. And then, um, but uh, and then all all the little gigs too, which yeah. don't count as touring. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, as constantly doing new material in small gigs, that's almost my favorite sometimes. And then touring's my favorite. They're mm. both my favorite. <laughs> I don't like a middling gig where they want a tight twenty for a wage. I mean, those are the, those are the ones where uh, I don't know. It's that that's I prefer the gr- the grind and then the. Glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, you love comedy. I love it. Yeah, yeah that's great. The, the shorthand. Yeah. Okay, these are, these are the last quick fire questions. Okay, doke. Um, I'm, I'm aware we're just running slightly over, so I'm going to go through them. So just if you want to just whip through the answers, yep. then we'll do that. Because I ask every guest these. So Okay. Um, <clears throat> what are the best books on comedy writing or stand up you've ever read? Um, uh, the, the, what's his name? <laughs> Steve Martin. Okay. Steve Martin's autobiography book. I can't remember what it's called. That's okay. it. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, well, I'll, this is normally a question I ask, but I think we might have covered it. Um, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made, and how did you overcome it? Alcohol. Okay, and rehab is how you Strength. It. <laughs> okay. Um, what, who is the most underrated person in the industry? Oh, Phil Nickel and me. <laughs> no, no. Phil. Phil. Um, what do you think is the biggest problem in the comedy industry, and how would you go about solving it? No idea. I've been too up my own arse with my own issues. (laughs) 
I'm leaving that in. Um, what is the... Okay, this is a split one, and it's the last question. What is the best bit of advice you've ever been given? And if you could give one bit uh, of advice to a comedian just starting out, what would you say? Uh, Ross Noble told me once very early on, just do... Don't... Uh, he, he told me, don't do jonglers, don't do comedy clubs, just do what you want and keep doing it. Which I eventually came to that in 2009, 10. Uh... But he told me that way back when I'd started. Do you know, like, commit to touring and doing your own thing. Okay. And not trying to fit in to a thing. Okay. Yeah. That's what he told me a long time ago. Um, Boothby Graffo gave me some good advice one time at the comedy store when I was terrified. He said, uh, don't worry, you're probably going to be shit. <laughs> and that really made me so happy. And I had a great gig. Amazing. I, I'll never forget him for that. <laughs> and if you could give one bit of advice to a comedian just starting out. Don't worry, you're probably going to be shit. <laughs> and then you'll be good. Okay. But you'll be shit for a long time, even okay. when you think you're good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers. That was Tony. I loved how open and honest he was. It, it's a, the minimum criteria I want from all the guests on the show. But he was just so blunt and humble and lovely to talk to. I'm actually considering having him on again because we only really scratched the surface of where he's at and his mental health and his career development and how those things are all intertwined. I think often I personally put my mental health and, and my personal health to one side in order to, to do a gig or to, to just try and keep the career element of this and obviously it's completely different to what he did but all of that personal care and looking after yourself and and being aware of yourself is so important in this job that i felt like it was a really important podcast to get on and a really important story to tell you can find links to all of his london dates for his edinburgh show for this year so 2016 on the show notes and on my website and in the pod notes so if you want to support him feel free to go to that if you can't go to it or you've already seen it uh, feel free to tweet him and thank him for his time and thank him for being such uh, inspiring person and working so hard on himself I think this has shown me that you don't just get one shot at this and you can get better both on and off stage and being true to yourself is the best move for everyone which sounds cliched and it sounds really you know it sounds really self-helpy and hippy dippy but it, it's always good to be reminded of that and it's always good to remember that you don't really get one big break you get up sometimes you get down sometimes and, and it's just it's just worth remembering that it's about the journey not the destination god I sound wanky but sorry I've just listened to it again to, to write this intro and outro and I, I just yeah I'm just I'm just feeling really inspired and I'm feeling really driven to get more done so yeah uh, I hope you got as much out of that as as I did I just I guess I just I guess I just really like the person that I met there I, I don't know how he was prior to this I haven't met him previous to this I didn't meet him when he was going through his problems but the person that he's become now is very humble and grateful and a funny human being and a lovely guy to be around so I just found that really inspiring and really really great as something to to share with all of you I'm actually really excited because at the end of this week, me and Tony are going to Highgate Wood with his dog Wolfie so I can show him how to make podcasts. So if you want to know when his new podcast will be out and you would like to be kept abreast of that, you can follow him on Twitter, but also I'll share it in the Facebook group so you guys can hear about it as soon as it comes out. Please do remember to leave me a review. You can do so on iTunes. Also, if you want to join the Facebook group, remember it's called Ask the Industry Podcast and it's on Facebook. And if you want to donate, feel free. Uh, it's on the website. You can do it as a one-off on PayPal or you can do it as a ongoing thing for 
a minimum of 80p an episode. Do you think that was worth 80p? Do you think the amount of time and effort that it took me to get that one together was worth 80p? If you do, please do consider becoming a patron and supporting the project if you get value out of it. Because without your support, it won't be able to continue in the way that it is right now. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you very much for donating if you do. And I'll see you all in about 10 days' time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 